Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Almost live from the trenches of New York City, here are your middle-aged warriors, Chris Cimino and Rick Summers. Well, once again, we find ourselves on this side of the microphone and you on that side of the speaker or the computer screen. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to Middle-Aged Warriors, Getting Older by the Day. He's Chris Cimino. I'm Rick Summers. We're in New York. And it's the first of friggin' December. I don't know how this happened. And they renamed it friggin' December. You know, it used to just back in the old days when it was just called December, but now yeah, yeah it's friggin' December. How Dude. are you, Tannenbaum Breath? What's what's going on? Tannenbaum Breath. Do you remember the twenty-first friggin' night of December? Oh God. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Time for a flashback already. The show barely got started. But anyway. <laughs> So yeah, Chris and I were we're winging it again, which is kind of just apropos of what life has become for all of us in the past few years. But uh, now we're dealing with Microsoft. What what's the name of this? Omnicron. Omnicron. Yeah. When I heard it, I thought it was a friggin' advertising agency. Sounds like it. We'll find yeah. a job for you, Omnicron. I don't know. It's uh, you know, it, you know. I don't want to joke about it. To to, I know people will get offended by that. Not not to take it lightly, but uh, you know, again, it, it's like I, I think we're going we're going to continue to see this type of thing happen. It's just a matter of not to panic each time it happens. But right, you know, some people like a, to see panic. Yeah, <laughs> news directors. Say yeah. so I can't say anything, mom. I know. I don't. I don't want you to say a thing. Don't get me in trouble, Rick. You put it in the vault. There you go. But, uh, but no, I watched uh, Biden's speech the other day, and and you know it was it reminded me. Uh, I think it was. I don't know if it was Animal House where Kevin Bacon is standing at saying, "Calm down, everything is all right." During the parade. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and, and then he got trampled. Right. Everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Six broken bones later, and 160 stitches. Yes. Uh, no, but I think. We have to because we are so elevated in general as a society in terms of anxiety and, and, and panic. It doesn't really take very much. You know, our, everybody's nerves afraid. It, a little a spark can set us off in that spiral again. So I think it's important um, in these situations that you sort of have a voice of reason and somebody to calm things down. And we have to keep it in perspective. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, I, uh, I, I'm flying, was on the phone with the airline. And I know I've said this to you before, off the record, and I would never admit it, but the plane is packed. And we got crappy seats in the middle of the back of the bus. Mm. And I said to the young lady on the phone, and she laughed, and I was glad she did. I miss the pandemic. Life was so much easier. And that's a shitty thing to say. And I understand 
that I'll probably catch some flack for that. And I should, but I got to tell you, for those of us, especially here in New York, life was just scary, but somewhat easier without everybody out and Christmas shopping and going to restaurants and living life. Well, yes, but that is part of what New York City is all about. You know, the, again, I think a part of part of uh, getting older and getting more into middle age warriorism uh, or dumb, dome, dome, dome <laughs> uh, not dumb, dome is just that it's it's that the patients are wearing thin. And so that little break that we had was kind of like, oh, this is the same city and there's only this amount of people walking around that I'm bumping into or I'm not bumping into anybody. But now it's back to, you know, close to where it was pre-pandemic. But that is what, that's what the city's about. Okay, before we go any further, first a word from our sponsor. It's Bet Online. They're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Remember, head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50. That's B L E A V. 5-0 to receive your bonus from basketball, football, and again, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. As a meteorologist, did you notice during the pandemic how clear the air was for a while? Oh yeah, I mean, we, you know, we talked about that, and that was that was not only here in the United States, but that was worldwide. Yeah. And if you really think about it, it wasn't that long of a period of time where you were restricting, you know, cars weren't on the road because people were restricted to stay home, and there weren't a lot of planes flying around. Uh, the India, you know, parts of 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 Asia where they haven't seen truly blue sky because there's just always this perpetual haze. They were seeing blue sky from miles and miles away. They were seeing mountaintops that they hadn't seen in years because of that. So yes, there's an upside to it. And I think, I don't know if we talked about it in, in one of the last shows about the uh, people staying home and that, that like continuing to work from home, that an upshoot of that would be you, you're putting less stress on the roads, you're putting less pollution in the air because you have less cars out there if more people stayed home. So. Maybe we did learn an upside thing here. I, I don't know. We'll see, you know, the residuals as they as That's, we move forward. It's a great theory, but I've got to tell you that now that people are back and moving immobile, there seem to be more cars on the road than ever before. And I think part of that is in part because people don't want to travel with other people. So everybody takes their car, especially here in New York. Nobody wants to get on mass transit. Yeah, I think we're seeing it more in the big cities, like you just said, because people still are uncomfortable getting into the, you know, the, the mass transit system, the trains, the buses. Let's hope we get through the Omicron thing. We don't have to do anything really dramatic other than be safe. You wear your mask in public places, you know, and try to do the things we've, we've been doing to at least limit uh, the spread of something like this. And hopefully it's not going to be as as intense. But, you know, we don't know. So just just play it safe. But let's not panic. Did you get your booster yet? 
I did not. Uh, in fact, my girlfriend Edme just did the other day. I did not get mine yet. I, I can at this point. I think I've I've only been eligible for a couple of weeks to do it. And then you know, and it's funny because Dr. Fauci would get mad at me. But one of the things that came up once I heard this Omicron, I'm like, well, if they're going to start, if this thing is going to be that elusive to the the past, you know, vaccines. Well, maybe I should wait. And I saw Pfizer's, <laughs> Pfizer's already working on something. They may have it done in 100 days. And I'm like, hmm. And then Fauci came on and said, don't wait. Get your booster shots now. Oh, that's pretty good. It's going to work now for you. Don't worry about it. So I don't know. I mean, it's probably wise to do it. I mean, from what I hear, the elevation of the uh, the antibodies is tremendous. It, it, it doesn't take you back to where you were when you first got the vaccine. It takes you way above that. And I guess that's the place you want to be as protected as possible. So I'm going to get mine, I think, probably next week when I get back. I didn't want to get it before I travel. Mm. And um, I'm just wondering if it's going to kick my ass or not. I've heard an assortment of, of responses from different people. So far, actually, Edmi's been fine here. Uh, the arm was very sore and a little swollen this time around. But she has yeah. people, co-workers that got their butt kicked and didn't feel very well at all of anything ranging from severe back pain to headaches to you know to just fatigue so uh, i guess again like anything else it depends on the individual and maybe the condition of your body at the time you get the booster shot I hate to say it but just back pain and fatigue sounds like every other day i was gonna say yeah like that, that was tuesday and thursday and saturday this week. uh but anyway so you, you mentioned before it's december 1st and it's the uh, the tree lighting People can't see it, but behind me is my Christmas tree that I like. And to. it's beautiful. Thank you very much. I, I affectionately call it the Christmas dart because, <laughs> well, you know, since I moved into an apartment from a home, I, you know, an apartment building and the apartments tend to be a little smaller. So you get a corner tree. So it has to be sort of tall and narrow. So I've got like one of those uh, French model trees, very tall and skinny, <laughs> but it's, um, it's, you know, it's nice. It's, and it, it just, it adds to a nice feeling um in the apartment and just in general i like i like christmas i like i just like the feel of the season and the look of the season i don't know about you well, let me, I, I do want to ask you because you spent so many years working in rockefeller center at 30 rock did you uh ever take the kids or go to the actual tree lighting well certainly in working 24 years there um i did but i'll, I'll back i'll backtrack a little bit i never took my kids to the actual tree lighting, the, yeah, that's words, what the, I mean. the, the initial one. My first recollection of one, and this is this tells you how far it's come. I believe it might have been, it could have been either late 60s or 1970. Maybe I was eight years old, seven, eight years old. I don't, something like that. And my mom took me, just me and my mother. We went into the city. We went to see the Christmas show at Radio City, which okay. really was a movie, and then they would just do, you know, Santa would come out, do a couple of little bits, you know, a little stand-up for Santa. And uh, <laughs> and then the Rockettes would do their one or two numbers, and then they did the the nativity scene, and that's how it ended. It The, the program might have been 20 minutes long you really? know, a, a, after the movie. That was it. It was not this extravaganza they have now that they do four shows a day, and, you know, it, 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 it was not that big of a deal. To that, it was not that big of a deal lighting the tree. I can remember literally going up against the building right next to the tree where you can't even, they won't even let you stand nowadays. And we were getting ready to get on the train. And I said, oh, I think they're going to light the tree. <laughs> it's like, it was like 6.30 in the evening. And we stood there and we waited. Oh, three, two, one, tree lit. Yeah. And, and then we got on the train. 
There was no music. There was no pre-show. There was no post-show. There was no Al Roker. There was nobody hitting buttons. It was no, you know, it, it was, it was so simple and, and yeah. just kind of, you know, and it was kind of nice in its own way, I guess. I mean, now it is an extravaganza, but yeah, you know, but, it's, it's kind of out of control. I mean, because I can't even imagine how many people are going to come into New York tonight, especially after not having it last year, hmm. you know, kind of to make a point. Um, I know they have all kinds of roads closed down uh, at 50th Street and uh, yeah, or, that whole area or, is cordoned yeah. off, basically. I mean, I just dropped Edmund up because she actually works for the uh, Today Show and the Today Show people are doing the show this evening, hosting the show. So uh, it wasn't too crazy yet, but that one, of course, was 2.30 in the afternoon. So yeah. I would re recommend going there now. But I, I have gone on occasion. Again, keep in mind, I used to work early morning. And right. it's very difficult to get the next morning off. Off, um, yeah. And so, you know, when you've got to get up at 2 a.m. to stay there until 9, drive back to New Jersey, where I lived at that point, for another hour, an hour and a half just to get out of the city, it, it was kind of crazy. Occasionally, I would stay in the city. I probably did it about four or five times. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of, it's it's it really is a special, unique New York experience to be part of that. That's Probably for a lot of folks, though, I think we talked about it last week, you know, like the New Year's Eve thing in, in Times Square. It's kind of like a bucket list thing for some folks, perhaps. Yeah, um, you check it off. Been there, done that. And that's great. Then you watch um, it from your living room with hot cocoa and, and your family around. And no room. line to get into the men's room. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, you know, it is it is always a it's, it's a fun thing. And then what we used to do typically the next day or or two days later at uh, NBC, the NBC affiliate WNBC in New York. I'm saying that because somebody might be listening to us from somewhere else other than in New York City. And I think they do. Uh, but anyway, uh, we would record what was called the Christmas sing-along and all oh, of the right. NBC people and everybody related from behind the scenes, especially, and the on-camera people, we would get on these on these bleachers and rafters and sing a song right under the big Christmas tree in Rock Center. Yeah. So that was always very special to me. That I, that I kind of love being part of because I grew up watching that. And then all right. of a sudden I was in it. So that was kind of cool. So do you feel nostalgic? Do you feel embittered? Um, and I'm, I don't mean to, I don't mean to. <laughs> you trying to really... scratch at a scab right now and open up a wound? Yeah. No, no. I don't mean to step on your neck. No. But I'm curious because, uh, because I know as we get older and we remember, you know, some of the good old days that are no longer part of our, mm -hmm. our daily schedule. I wonder how you, how you deal with that. Well, I think there is kind of a, I, was, I you know, I, I tend to be a nostalgic person. I, right. I like, I like collecting stuff and memories and retelling stories and things like that. Ask my kids, cause they'll say, dad, you told us this one about 115 <laughs> times away. I said, no, but I'm adding something new. I've, I have a little nuance to it this time. You know? Yeah. I, you know, it, it's to me now, it's a warm feeling because I was very blessed to have the chance to be part of that. I remember, and, and this is very inside for me to say this, but I remember the last one that I uh, did. It was uh, December, I guess it would have been of 2018. And there was no, I had not been told I was not going to be resigned yet at that point. But there was just a feeling. And in the industry, you know what I'm talking about. There's a feeling you get sometimes. Uh, and I remember 
I was actually standing next to Chuck Scarborough, who's been an anchor there forever and is still there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up watching Chuck, basically. That's and, and here, here's That's how long he's been there. Yeah, yeah. He, he's still there, and, and just such a solid sound anchor and and, and, a, and a nice guy. And and I was standing next to him. And the the, per, the person recording and running and you know the the whole shebang and recording this this sing along. He says over the how many people raise your hand? How many people here? Is this your first sing along? And they go, oh, and they raise their hand. And I said, I turned to Chuck and I said, and how many people here is this? It's, it's going to be their last. And I raised my hand and he laughed at like, you know, he went, <laughs> but I was like, no, I, I think this is going to be, I, I didn't get into it at that point. So it was yeah. sort of ironic that it did turn out. And I had pictures with him probably the first time in all the years I did that. I have several pictures. I'm just looking through them the other day. Uh, with him on the rafters, you know, singing and and just chatting and a bunch of people over the years that, you know, I've met and, and had the opportunity to to do the sing along with. So it, it sentimental. Yes. Angry, bitter. That's a waste of time. So that would be silly at this point. Well, it's good. You know, that's good. I'm I'm glad to hear you say what you said, because I pretty much feel the same way. And I'm so thankful for every opportunity that I've had christmas or otherwise mm-hmm. professionally in right. the past you know in the past 30 40 years of my career um which is kind of hard to believe well and you you actually had kind of a very you had varied opportunities and unique things that i sit there oh god i would love to have had the opportunity to have done that you know being being the public address announcer at i guess you did it at chase stadium right right yeah, yeah the old a little bit the old <laughs> The old toilet. Uh, I miss I miss the cesspool. I miss I our really toilet. Do. I miss yeah. that cesspool. Yeah, but but you had the opportunity. You did work with the Rangers, so you really had the opportunity to do some very, you know, as, as sports fans, me in particular, and you as well. And that's yeah. not for anything, Rick. That's pretty freaking cool. Whether or not the way it worked out in the end is exactly the way we wanted it to, but man, you had the opportunity. You got to do it. Not that many human beings on this planet have got the chance or had the opportunity to do what both of us have done as careers. Yeah. So you got to yeah. look back and, at it know, and say, hey, this is great. You know? And, I don't, and I, I don't want to be a bitter old man. Right. I don't even want to be a bitter middle-aged man. Um, exactly. I am, I am, you know, and I think that's one of the things I love about getting older is really being able to just kind of put down the guns and say, you know what? What a great ride it's been. I've really enjoyed it. I've been so lucky and so appreciative. Hey, want to take a minute to uh, welcome a new sponsor to the show. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but just are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink, beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. I woke up yesterday morning thinking about the program director who hired me out of college in 1982. I thought about him. His name is Bill Terry, and he's at WBLI on Long Island. Oh, I remember Bill Terry because we did the weather for WBLI. Yes, I remember Which is how you and I met all those years ago. Gosh, Bill Terry. But I was thinking that Bill Terry 
and Herb Usenheimer, the general manager. I think back to me being a wait. You, uh, let me let me let me go back to that because you just you broke up and we lost your audio. So uh, no longer. What did you say after no longer? I'm no longer in touch with those guys anymore. And I think about being a 22 year old kid, you know, fresh out of college, and all they did for me in retrospect. And I I really started well up thinking about it yesterday, uh, thinking that. I, uh, this is perfect segue into I Meant to Tell You, your mm. special that you're working on. Mm-hmm. And that is I meant to I meant to say thank you. And I don't know that I ever did. So let me do it right here and now. Thank you. <laughs> no, save it for an I meant to tell you. But but you're right. And and I think when we're young and we're, you know, aspiring to these things and people do help us along the way, we we appreciate it, but it's it's so much it gets pushed so much into the background because we're so busy trying to climb the ladder, trying to make something of ourselves that it gets in the way sometimes of stopping, pausing at that moment and saying, thank you. Um, and acknowledging, and yeah. Yeah, you know, and and I try to, and that's one thing I've learned more and more over the years is I don't care what it is. If somebody really does a gesture, even as simple as looking back and holding a door sometimes or just something a little different, a little extra than how we day-to-day move along as a society, particularly here in New York City. I like to point it out and say, thank you. That was really nice. You know, I don't hear that every day or I don't get that. Most people don't do that. And whether it's a young person, an old person or a middle-aged person, I think people need to be recognized. And I think the more you recognize it, the more it'll spread and the more people will do it because, hey, we all want to feel good. We all want to feel like we did something good. So if you kind of reinforce it with a thank you, you know, I think it spreads. And I always felt, to be honest, as I moved deeper into my career, the greatest things I did, and I know at least for the few people, I inspired them and, and helped their career move along a little bit faster. They still had to do it. I didn't do it. But at least I inspired them and gave them a little better direction. And to me, that's the greatest. When they come back to me and, and they tell me that's the greatest compliment I know as a human being, you can have, you know, you can get as far as I'm concerned. It's not your own accomplishments. It's how you help other people. It's just pretty awesome. I think just 24 shopping days left till Christmas. Well, you know, speaking of that, <laughs> I was going to bring, I, I was going to, that was one of the topics I wanted to bring up too is the big I don't know Christmas about you. present. <laughs> well, I didn't get yours yet. Uh, you're always a little tricky now. And the, and the thing is for you, I know you're downsizing a lot, so I can't get you crap. But, yeah, okay. I, don't, I need to give you another <laughs> another memorabilia crappy item that you're going to put in a box and, and put somewhere. Uh, and I and I say that with love, of course. Uh, mm. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know about you, but I dread it. I liked going to one store for one gift just to get the experience and the feel of the hustle and bustle. But I knew what I was going to get. I knew what the store I was going to get it in. And I'd get in and I'd get out. But I never liked going randomly looking. I don't know. Is she oh going to like that? Is he going to like this? Is get you know, like it, it? I have a gift phobia as it is. Uh, long, right. long established. We've talked about this. But I love online shopping. I got to <laughs> tell you, dude, this is great. I could be in bed at 1 a.m. on my laptop and I'm buying gifts for my kids and my mom and whoever. It's just like, this is really cool. It doesn't matter when, where. I could be in my underwear. I don't have to deal with anybody. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's it's and Amazon is and Jeff oh. Bezos, thank you, has yeah. changed our life forever to the point that uh, and we joke around. 
that, you know, your, your food can get delivered by DoorDash. Uh, your laundry yeah. can get picked up and, and done. You never have to set foot outside again, which is kind of scary. But, but I got to yeah. tell you, right. right? I needed something, uh, a plug to fit into an adapter the other night. So I'm lying in bed at 2 a.m. and I find <laughs> it on Amazon. See? <laughs> so I, ding, ding, ding. So I right. order it. Not the next day because it was already that day. But the day after, it shows up. Just magically, mm -hmm. and it's kind it's of exciting. Magically delicious, but but it's like there's always there's like a box outside my door again. It's like it's every day is Christmas because a gift comes. You know, it's just kind <laughs> totally. of a but to your point. And and I don't, you know, I like doing it during Christmas because it's just the it's a frenzy, and you're buying so many gifts right. at, at Christmas time. But I I don't like the the concept of us as as human beings not mingling socially in stores, and, and you know, I I miss. I don't know about you. Remember, like you would go to a record store. Uh, there was, you know, Sam Goody's. Uh, there was Tower yeah. Records. Tower. Uh, there was, there was J&R Music. I remember in City Hall, I'd get off the train coming back from college and when a new release from, I don't know, Jethro Tull would come out or whatever. But, you know, you'd go and you'd look through all the albums and then you'd see other people looking and they'd say, hey, I just got that last week. No, it's really good. You should try that. Or And that's how conversations start. And sometimes friendships can start that way. And I think we lose some of that when, you know, we're buying clothes, music, everything on, even food. You could be in a produce section and go, yeah, you believe these people's bananas here? Check out these peaches. They're terrible. You know, whatever. You know who's got good peaches? You got to go over here. It's conversation. Kramer. Yeah, Listen right. Kramer. It's only one week, the Mackinaws. The Mackinaws are great for one week. Uh, but again, you know, it, it's it's socialization. So I don't, boy, what I just said it's just for Christmas time, especially. I love being able to shop online because it just takes away that, that yeah. craziness you have to deal with sometimes. It's just too much. It's interesting because uh, I never used to shop at the Christmas tree shop because mm. I thought it was for Christmas trees. And then one day last year, I went oh. in and it's like, <laughs> wow, they got so much stuff here. They got more crap than you could possibly imagine. You're oh. going for one thing and walk out with 55. But I went to the Christmas tree shop yesterday because I had to pick up something I knew they had and I couldn't find it. They didn't have it. Mm. But uh, the store was just frantic. And it was like everything that reminded me why I'll be glad when January arrives. The doldrums <laughs> of, of January, February. And, and there's a lot of space between people. And yeah. yeah. But again, you know, sometimes I, I, like I said, I used to like the hustle and bustle a little bit just for one thing, just to go, ah, oh, this is Christmas. But I knew what I wanted. There wasn't a lot of pressure. But if you got to start doing that over and over again and fighting people for things, it's just, uh, it's too much. Oh, real quick, I want to go backwards because I had jotted it down. It's just kind of a stupid memory. But, you know, you talk about relativeness in terms of, we're in New York City. You and I both grew up in this area. So the Christmas tree that gets lit is the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. Christmas. Yeah. It's, it's freaking huge. It's a big thing. It's a nationally televised event. There's no other Christmas. I mean, they'll show you in Washington the quick lighting of the tree, but there's no other Christmas tree in this country that gets lit right. that has such a thing going on. So I was working for the NBC station in Cincinnati. This was back in, I believe, 1993 or four, I want to say, three. And I was actually asked to be the host of the Christmas tree lighting show that they were going to have. And it was okay. on Fountain. It was on Fountain Square. If you remember WKRP in Cincinnati. Absolutely. In their opening, 
that was the fountain. It was in Fountain Square. They showed, and that's where this tree lighting was going to be. My family came in, my mom, my dad. I don't know if my sister did or not, but I felt like there was a few family members there. And it was great. They had this little tiny skating rink. You, you smell the hot cinnamon buns and hot chocolate was in the air. So now <laughs> I'm out there. And of course, during the newscast, they want to tease that Chris Samino's out there. We're going to show the tree lighting. And I think it was going to be seven o'clock on, uh, on, on WLWT channel five in Cincinnati. And I was going to be the host. And so what ends up happening, they go to me and as they go to me to, for me to talk a little bit about, Oh, the crowd's gathering is pretty exciting. They decided to test the lighting of the tree. Oh my goodness. So you saw the lighting of the tree, of the tree. on the newscast at five 30 instead of waiting until seven. And so the anchors are like, um, and they were all laughing. You <laughs> do know they just let the tree. I'm like, yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> I, th I think I think they said it best on Charlie Brown when they said, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> "That was yeah, that was that was that was funny. It was cute, but but again, but it was one of those things. It was it was special unto itself because that's the tree lighting for a city like that. So every yeah. place has its you know its its moment to capture the holiday season. No matter what, if you're lighting a little bush somewhere or or a big tree it's uh you know it, it was a, it was a funny memory though i just wanted to you know share that that's a good one thanks yeah, was, for it sharing cute. it was cute it was cute by but the anyway. way you're you're listening to a couple of middle-aged warriors just uh flying solo meaning without a script this week he's chris i'm rick and you're on the believe podcast network and chris and i are just kind of winging it as we like to do and we welcome you eavesdropping on our conversation. <laughs> Feel free to chime in anytime you'd like. If you're patient, yes. Well, last week we had, you know, somebody actually, my friend called during the show. That was... Oh, that was funny. <laughs> that was interesting. Mm. So let's talk about Christmas presents as Met fans. Did we get some Christmas presents or not? We've got a lot of free agent signings. Of course, let's talk about the big one, uh, you know, Scherzer. Yeah. I. You know what? I'm... So I don't even know what the word is, but I'm just I'm so disheartened by the amount of money that is that is being paid to these guys from what they're not saving lives. Yeah, they're putting asses in the seats and uh, that helps sell hot dogs. And I I get, you know, the trickle down effect. But God, the amount of money is just he his contract three years, one hundred and. 30, 30 million, million mm -hmm. dollars. Mm -hmm. And we figured out, or I think I heard on one of the medias in New York, it's going to translate to about $200,000 every inning pitched. Can you imagine that? Mickey Mantle never earned $100,000. Oh, well. I mean, those guys, you know, the ones who are passed on are certainly turning in their graves and, and others are probably very frustrated by this and you know you and i have had this conversation before look these are skilled individuals but you know so are moyles and uh <laughs> you know yeah, I, I don't know would, would you want you know jacob de grom doing a circumcision but yet he makes a lot more money and so does scherzer than <laughs> you know than the moyle makes so you know the the point being everybody has a skill and, and i always look at sports i mean ultimately it is it's it's entertainment if it, right. if it did disappear, yeah, some people would be sad and, and you know, down that they don't have that sport or that team to root for. 
but your life would go on. It, it, it's not like we can't function without them. I like having baseball. It's, it's the love of my life in terms of a sport. But yes, these numbers are ridiculous. And the bigger problem is it does translate to, hey, I've got two or three boys, young boys, kids, right? I want to go. They want to see a game. Good, Good luck. luck. You know, how much money, you know, if, if you're not making one hundred and fifty dollars to $250,000 a year, you probably it's going to it's going to take a lot out of out of your your basic income to take a family of four or five to a ball and forget about feeding them. That's the next crime. <laughs> well, that yeah. really is a crime. You know, it, there, there are very few options of, you know, when a hot dog is 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 nine to twelve dollars. Like what? Yeah. Come on. Come on. a hot dog. Yeah. So it, it really is. Uh, it, it's sad. The other thing, though, as a fan now, I'm going to add my two cents in typical Mets. This is typical Mets. Yeah. He's 37 years old. Yeah. He's been pitching. That arm has been throwing for a long time. Uh -huh. I guarantee you, we are not going to get the best out of Scherzer. <laughs> no, he's and going to get the best out of us, but we're not. Yeah. The Mets are always paying players for what they've done. done. They bring them not here and they're, they're paying them for what they did, not what they're going to do for them. And I, I, this one to me, ah, it smells the same way. I don't know. I don't feel, I'm not like, Oh, this is the greatest thing to ever happen. It, it, it's not. He's 37 years old. He's a, he's almost a middle-aged warrior. <laughs> Yeah, really. But uh, yeah, and it's it's just a question of you know when he goes down because you just know, and I don't know if it's the karma or you know coming to New York. Uh, we've seen it happen so so many times oh, before. Exactly. Yeah. This is yeah. this would not be surprising. Anything new. And Met fans in general, if you're really a Met fan, you're always a pessimist, and so you're always already yeah. looking how. <laughs> how this is yeah. not going to work. They also signed uh, Starling Mart, uh, a few other guys, they, Eduardo Escobar. These, you know, I don't even follow baseball the way I used to. So I'm like, I went back, I'm looking at the stats. I'm like, eh, they seem okay. I don't know if this is going to yeah. be anything great. And they hired a plumber. Yep. They got Nick Plumber. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case anything goes wrong in the clubhouse, you know. And the, oh, that's good. They got a plumber now. But I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, hopefully. Who's the, who's the kid they just lost to Detroit? Baez? Oh, did Baez go? Uh, I I didn't even yeah. hear I didn't even hear that signing because he I know he wanted yeah, to stay for like with for like a hundred only a hundred and forty million or oh, something. Oh, okay, like it's that. a small contract. So <laughs> God, but you know, and and that is what happens. It you know the the money just drives everything. If if you you know growing up in the in the sixties and into the seventies, the core of a team pretty much stayed. There was always a core of at least. 12 to 15 players that stayed the same at least and then some peripheral changes were made from you know year to year things like that would right happen. once this whole free agency game started and, and it just it's a free-for-all and i know kurt flood was trying to do the right thing and, and there were players that were being taken advantage of i mean right. look at m look at m donald grant he didn't want to pay tom siever two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year one of the greatest yeah. pitchers of all time in the game yeah and you know it it, it was something that was supposed to be a good thing for the players. And it now it certainly is, but I think it's a bad thing for the fans. There's no loyalty. I don't know if I ever told you the story. You know, my dad was a huge baseball guy and right. he died at the end of 1989. And in January of 1990, I believe Dwight couldn't turn down $4 million to pitch for the Mets. And really? I called my brother, this $4 million 30 years ago. Well, I called my brother and I said, I'm sorry, dad's already dead, but I'm glad because 
reading this news would have killed him. You know, that couldn't turn down four million dollars. Yes. Well, and I, you know, again, everything's relative, and and those numbers sound absolutely. I mean, Willie Mays never sniffed that. Hank Aaron never sniffed those kinds of you know yeah. dollars. So, it's uh, you know, and again, it's to the players that I know in particular changing sports. Like from the football standpoint, there are guys really, especially the linemen who are, ended up being crippled the rest of their lives, right. you know, yeah. in such pain and got paid crappy money that, you know, you feel like maybe some of the better money that's being earned now, some of that can go to these guys, a special fund, a retirement fund to some of these guys that really got so beaten up and just sacrificed their bodies for their quarterbacks, for their running backs, for their wide receivers to become the, the you know, the icons and the stars and the marquee players. The football is one of those games that I really feel is, is – very it's out of whack in terms of i think when players get paid from position to position just as tom know. brady <laughs> i'm i'm feeling like a bitter old man right yeah, now. yeah suddenly like we got the, bitter yeah because you I know like we, the way that feels we're former like professional athletes ourselves so we're angry <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway, anyway on that note uh, I'm sure we'll talk about Christmas a little more before we get um, you know to it with a couple of other shows. We have a couple of guests that we're trying to we're circling the wagon, as they say. Yeah, and I guess uh, sure. I think I think we're going to get them back. But uh, I, I hope you enjoyed some of our blabbering today. I'm not sure if you did. Yeah, but, no, yeah. I know I did. Yeah. It's like a therapy. It's like a therapy session. Really. Thanks for stopping in for, <laughs> into our therapy yeah. session. Yeah, exactly. But you know, I hope it it stirs some thoughts, and I think. More importantly, you know, the one thing you brought up, and I'm not going to get into it, into it, but in talking about what the holidays bring out, and I'm sure for you, the same type of thing, whether it's Hanukkah, whether it's Christmas, whether it's Thanksgiving, whether it's New Year's, we have connections and we're wired from the past to people, to situations that happen, to memories, to a time in our life, to relationships. And, you know, this is always for me, while I am a happy man, and I'm with somebody, I'm very fortunate to be with somebody, it still always brings me back to what I've lost and, and, and that my wife isn't here anymore. And Christmas was, you know, one of her favorites. And something yeah. that you had mentioned before, I don't think we talked about it on air. I think it was all fair. You said about chopping down your own tree. Yeah. Right? So as I was putting up the tree this year, this strong memory came back to me. And I can remember it would always be right after Thanksgiving, we take the two kids you know, we'd go out, we'd, we'd bundle up, we go to one of the farms in, in, in New Jersey and pick out our tree and then, you know, bring the tree home. And then, of course, inevitably, we'd bring the tree and I'd open it up and, you know, kind of let it open up in the house. Oh, look better there. <laughs> yeah. but, but it smells better in it, your house. It always smells better. But but oh it, it, it was just one of those memories. It's like that that really... That's yeah. tough, you know, it, it, it's, but hey, my kids grow up too, you know, they're, they're, they're adults now. So yeah. I don't, I don't have that either. So I, I wondered, I'm like, hmm, well, I would be able to do that with a grandkid somewhere. I don't know. I guess I'll have to ask my kids that question, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, <laughs> it, know, but it, but it does bring up sentiment, you not to call it bittersweet, but it just does bring up those memories, which kind of make you a little, I guess it could be a little melancholy, but we're very fortunate to be here and, and be able to celebrate another holiday season, Rickster. Yeah, and I'm happy to celebrate with you. Absolutely. And as I've said this, and we'll go on record till the end, I appreciate everything you do to help us get this show up and running as often as you do and for all your contributions and effort. 
Well, I appreciate you. And, and especially as obviously as the friendship has evolved over the years and people uh, listening might know Rick's had to have his ears replaced because I filled them up so many times <laughs> with, with my pain in the ass grief or whatever I was spilling in his no, ears. No, 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 but no. he always listened. He was, yes. <laughs> One of the things I'm getting for Christmas this year is I'm going to Costco and getting a hearing aid. All right. Yeah. Can I chip in in that fund? <laughs> I'm probably partly responsible for it, so I may as well. But anyway, on that note, uh, I hope you enjoyed the show, folks. Sunshine always. Stay safe. Omnicron or no Omnicron, be well. Be careful out there, okay? Omnicron. (laughs) Be good. Feel good. He's Chris. I'm Rick. Happy holidays. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you on the next Middle Age Warriors. And as always, brought to you by Bet Online. See you next time. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, preferably five stars, no begging. Uh, We're available also on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com, that's B-L-E-A-V.com, and at Believe Podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.